1: Dale is what we like to call the infinite brain behind the operation. He's a tech savvy guy, one of the big dogs of wine awesomeness, and he develops all the APIs, figures out the coding, and sometimes even shares a tip with our clavier team at Flowium on how to like improve certain processes. Welcome
0: to Email Einstein, a podcast by Floeum. It's time to start honing your inner marketing Einstein. Tune in for the data-driven tips that'll make you a marketing genius. Here you'll find email marketing formulas and tips straight from the brilliant mad scientists at Floeum. It's time for your emails to start earning more money. It's time to unleash your Einstein. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Email Einstein. We're here with another episode. Vera and Alisa here, and we have a very special guest. We are two email marketers at an email marketing agency called Flowium, and we're super passionate about email marketing. And because we love what we do, we want to share our insights with you. Flowium is one of the fastest growing email marketing agencies in the world. We specialize in providing a premium, full service, e-commerce email marketing experience for all our clients. So our services is typically tailored specifically for your business, and it's designed to help increase your online retail revenue by about twenty to fifty percent. We deliver the right message to the right person at the right moment, and that's what we're all about here at Flowium. But without further ado, Vera, please introduce us to our special guest today.
1: Hey, everyone! We are super excited about the guest that we have on the show today. Can I actually call our podcast show? I really like. I really like it when we call it yes. show. I feel I feel special, you know. So today <laughs> He's the co-founder and uh, the CEO of Wine Awesomeness. And as Logan mentioned in our previous episode last week, he actually called you his partner in crime. So <laughs> uh, Dale is what we like to call the infinite brain behind the operation. He's a tech savvy guy, one of the big dogs of Wine Awesomeness. And he develops all the APIs, figures out the coding, and sometimes even shares a tip with our Clavio team at Flowium on how to like improve certain processes. So he's Easily fellow Einstein here. uh, And (laughs) we are excited to have you on our podcast today, Dale. Today we'll get like really, really technical. So be prepared to listen to this episode, like maybe even like re listen to this episode a few times over before putting anything into action. So, Dale, hi, how's it going?
2: (laughs) Hey, what's going on?
1: Good luck. Did you like like the introduction?
2: I love I the introduction I was actually um, I just thought that you guys had that pre-recorded and you would just add that in but you guys are uh, doing it live so I actually it's kind of okay. kind of neat to, to listen real. to it yeah. happening all in real time
0: <laughs> you get that's to hear what we think about you and how we introduce you in real time which is nice mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yes yeah, that's, that's that was very nice I feel <laughs> I feel like a god so <laughs>
1: Last time we introduced Logan as uh, one of the masterminds of the wine awesomeness and he really, really loved it. So maybe that's how we should introduce you as well. So what (laughs) like another mastermind behind the wine awesomeness.
2: (laughs) When you, when you introduced me, I I think you did say CEO, it is, it is important to know that it's co-CEO just to put it out there because Logan's also a CEO. I think we made that switch recently and it's, you know, we, we wear many different hats for him, CMO, CEO, all the same. I mean, there's so much crossover between working with with, with another person that you started a company with because um, you just have to kind of pick up all of the loose – got to tie all the loose ends and pick up things that need to be done because no one else will at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's kind of thats yeah. on your shoulders. It's if, true. The buck stops with you in a sense. So, right. But we do have our different temperaments, talents, and convictions. That's mm-hmm. for sure. So
0: that is for sure. 80, 80. And having worked with you both personally, it's very cool to see like the balance between the two of you where like Logan is very like, okay, like, this is an idea, like, let's figure it out. And then Dale kind of like, you go through the like, okay, well, how, what are the different options and how can we do this? And what's the best way to do this? And Logan's like, come on, (laughs) come on, come on, let's do it. (laughs) So it's really funny to see you guys like balance that off and like play, play off of each other and and get things done and be successful as you guys have been. So uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's been a treat for me anyways, to watch in real, in real time. So
2: (laughs) Oh, thank Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's definitely, if you've been around us long enough, you'll, you might actually get annoyed by some of the arguments that we have because they just, <laughs> they, they just go in circles. A lot of people, I think for a time, they called us Burton and Ernie because that's whenever we were <laughs> living together. <laughs> so We came to New York together and then uh, we were just living together. It's just like these two guys that were just doing everything, working, going out and partying, enjoying the, the wine business. And um, anyway... It's kind of funny, you know, Bert and Ernie, but the two, the two, I digress. Two so we're pod. here to talk about email.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but before we do, before we get there, we're going to hit you with a quick blitz Q&A. So we have six like really quick questions. Uh, this is going to kind of give our listeners an idea of who you are, Dale. So no pressure. So we'll get started. Cool. Just give us like the first answer that comes to the top of your head. Okay. Okay. Here we go. So first one, send in blue or Clavio?
2: That's a hard one. Come on. it's. I'm just going to say Clavio. Yes. I will say Clavio. Good, answer. Yeah. Good but, answer. But there's nuances. There's nuances there. There are nuances. We'll come back to that.
0: Um, okay. Favorite wine ever? I would say Spiegel. Okay. Cake or pie? Apple pie. Oh, apple pie. Beach or mountains?
2: Beach. Beach. 100%.
0: Wow. Okay. Plain text or image-based emails? Both okay and who is the real boss at wine awesomeness that's a good one
2: <laughs> the customer <laughs>
0: Ooh, smooth <laughs> that is great oh my gosh i even cackled on that one that's great
1: <laughs> okay awesome that's a good, good warm-up yeah, right? i
0: like it i like it a lot i like it a lot Having the right communication between your brand and your audience is how you create meaningful connections, building your brand's identity and reputation. Introducing Flowium's Brand Voice Course. Get a step-by-step guide on creating your brand voice. Learn about what makes great branding, steps on how to describe your brand, your tone, and how to represent your brand across multiple channels. Your brand identity can be one step closer to being complete. With Flowium's brand voice course find out more at flowium.com brandvoice okay and now we get into the the nitty-gritty the good stuff
1: right but before we start talking about the actual email tell us <laughs> briefly your story give us your background story where are you from where did you where did you go to to college how did yes, you get into e-commerce
2: in in 30 seconds here we go um,
1: <laughs> <I'm> uh, set
2: <laughs> i grew up i grew up in myrtle beach south carolina hence the beach over the mountains okay. I like visiting the mountains but beach is always where my heart is always will be i love the beach salt water to let it die but also river i grew up on the river so i'm a river boy as well so kind of like a brackish water and beach that was just my life growing up i was professional wakeboarder and kiteboarder what? Going into uh, as a high schooler and going into college, I kind of made this transition from wakeboarding to kiteboarding because of going from river to ocean. But anyhow, that was a, that was a fun time going through college being a, being a pro kite surfer and teaching it as well, becoming a master's certified, kiteboard instructor teaching probably, I mean, well over a hundred people had a kiteboard, which has been really cool. Wow, it's that's one awesome. of the best sports in the whole entire world. Really You're is
1: cool. you still doing it? Yeah. And
2: any chance I can get, it's a little harder in New York. You still have out East, you can go out to and, and kite there. I've connected with some pretty cool people out there. Um, what's interesting about kiting, what, what I liked about it is you get connected with so many people. A lot of people that kiteboard are entrepreneurs or have a little bit more of a free lifestyle. So I think that that alone is kind of a a hindrance to get into the sport, but then also being able to kind of drop what you're doing and and go kiteboarding anytime you can is is kind of part of being an entrepreneur. You have, you have more time. Mm. So anyway, how do I get on that tangent? I like kiteboarding. (laughs) It's fantastic. It's amazing. (laughs) I actually studied in college. I studied German. So that was my major. Wow. Um, there's a different story there, but I, I actually started off with computer science and then ended up always having my minor be in German. And I didn't like the teacher in my computer science department. I thought that they were just teaching us irrelevant. And so I dropped out of that major and then made, bumped up my minor to my major and had a good time with that I liked language. It brought me over to Germany where... Side note is I competed in a wakeboard tournament there while I was there for the summer and won the, uh, over the German national champion, which was kind of a cool little feather to put in the cap.
0: That is so but nuts.
2: Side note. Then after after college, I, I stayed around in Charleston, and that's where I went to school in Charleston, College of Charleston with Logan. We were in the same fraternity where I was the treasurer of that fraternity, and he was the social chair. So I was kind of <laughs> managing the money, managing operations of the fraternity, in a sense, making sure people were paying us and, you know, giving Logan a budget to be able to go recruit new people and have parties, et cetera, which is fun. Then after college, didn't see typeboarding really being the thing that was gonna take me to the next level in the professional world. So I worked for another startup for a while, which had nothing to do with anything that I'd done previously. It was a physical education equipment company, which is cool. Brought me to around the United States, a lot of traveling and as a salesperson. But I had also started to manage their website and started my first little glimpse of managing an email list and seeing some of the power that could be had on a sales perspective of managing an email list effectively by going to trade shows, grabbing emails and staying in touch with people. So that was kind of like my first little glimpse of that. Then I departed that company and started my own media company with a friend of mine where we got into drone videography and photography. Right when drone videography and photography was like, it wasn't anything like now where you can go and buy an amazing $2,500 drone from DJI and make immaculate cinematography with, you know, this thing that we had was hand built by my, my... partner there who was an engineer and we had like thirty thousand dollars invested in the thing and it barely fit in the back of my truck in the back in the in the pickup. So it was a big it was a big thing. You know, eight blades. Each blade has about, you know, as big as your forearm and your hand combined. And we did we did well with that until we didn't because the FAA came down on drone videography and photography and that entire business model. So we got kind of grounded from that. Oh boy. And at the same time, we were starting to kind of play around with concept that Logan to me like a year prior. So I was kind of balancing two different businesses. One was the media company that I was partners with somebody else. And then a year prior, Logan had Talk to me and said, hey, I got an idea for this company. Like, meet me down at this wing joint down in <laughs> Sullivan's Island. I met him there. And he was like, I want to get into wine. He was all jazzed up from this this conference that he just went to. And I was like, great. I don't know shit about wine. So
0: <laughs> what does that have to do with to me? Business. You know, and he goes, yeah,
2: you know how to build websites. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, know how to, you, know how to, you know how to build websites and stuff. Say, so, well, I don't know how to build e-commerce sites. I know how to build, like, WordPress. I don't know anything about, like, the transactional side, you know? So that's where it started. I mean, I said, yeah, let's give it a shot. And then that was kind of just this idea that was uh, brewing. And we partnered with a few other people. And from there, that started growing. It came to a point where we ended up raising some money, a little bit of cash which allowed us to kind of make a decision of whether or not to you know, continue with our other businesses. And for me, that made it pretty easy because the FAA just gave us a cease and desist letter to do business. So that side of my life was kind of shutting down in a sense, mm-hmm. and at least for the time being, because the FAA still needed to go through all their processes. And now there's like really good ways that you can operate a drone business legally, you know, under the FAA's guidance, et cetera which is great, but I'd already moved on into wine at that point because I just said, Hey, you know what, let's commit all of our time and energy into this.
1: From the beginning, he basically was the technical guy in wine awesomeness, right? So you were overlooking the store and and all the technical things, right?
2: I'll say this at, at first, I mean, Logan was, Logan was pretty gung ho about doing this and he also had some money that he was putting behind it and I knew about WordPress. And that's kind of where my 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 knowledge stopped was at, at that part. He had another friend that that we kind of rented, in a sense, e commerce site that was kind of tied into a fulfillment center. Anyway, it was a real closed system, and it was our first experience, my first experience working with an e commerce site. And man, was it a piece of shit! I would say <laughs> it was so slow, and it was so limiting. Everywhere you clicked, it was like. You can't do that. You have to unlock it or go to the Chinese who built it and set up a like a you know, a special dev request to get that like feature added on or like adjusted. Jeez. So we did everything we could to make it work, but ultimately that site completely failed at the point in time when we had a hell of a lot of traffic come into the site from this big deal that we launched on. Um, we launched a big promotion with one of those like Groupon like sites, you know, Gotcha. and traffic just, I mean, it, it, it did really well. And it was our first real big taste of this, this like e-commerce to come, but our site couldn't handle it. So, I mean, everyone was going to it and the site was just oh. like, literally shut down. It couldn't handle the bandwidth, the, the traffic, anything. Interesting. I think you can only handle like five people at a time checking out. It was so bad.
1: Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. What year was it? Like 80, 80 something, 89 or something? (laughs) Five people Uh, at a time. It doesn't, this number doesn't even like register in my head right now.
2: (laughs) You would think that this platform was built in 89. That's for damn sure. And I bet you it was. It was (laughs) on a .NET ASP cart. Oh, yikes. Yikes. Yeah, that was, honestly, that's whenever... That was like a wake up call and go, hey, you know, what? like, we're going to do this. No one else is jumping in here and learning everything that you can about this technical ability. So let me jump in and roll up my sleeves. So I started on that process of analyzing different shopping carts. And and by the way, I think that was 2012, I think is what it was. Wow.
0: So really, not long ago so at like all. Like you had
2: these other sites. I mean, like no, no, no. It wasn't that. It was that long. And you but guys decided to
1: use magenta, right? So that's something that you're using right now. So why why this platform? Why not Shopify or? or whatever, like how has this platform helped you guys to achieve your goals that you were kind of looking to attain? Well,
2: yeah, I think it's important to know and understand that, you know, I had a really bad taste in my mouth from utilizing a platform that was already pre-built, that was kind of pigeonholing us and everywhere that we turned, you know, mm-hmm. Oh no, you can't do that. You have to customize that or no, you can't do that. It was a very proprietary technology. So that, that gave me a really bad taste in my mouth. You know, I was used to having worked on WordPress where you just had infinite knowledge out there about the platform. You could Google it. You can figure mm-hmm. it out yourself. You can tinker with it. You know, I played around with Joomla sites and Drupal sites and so on. When it came to e-commerce, I wanted something similar that we would always be able to, no matter what, it was a yes, not like a no. You know, like I always wanted to know that the possibility was there to do something. So, you know, I looked at Magento, Big Commerce. I had a long list of ones that I looked at, made a whole plot and diagram and did the pros and cons. And ultimately, The thing that appealed to me so much about Magento was the ownership of it. We, by the way, jumped in on the community edition, not the enterprise side. There again, giving us more flexibility with being able to develop our own platform on top of it.
1: Just a quick question, like unrelated. Are you using Android or Apple phone? (laughs) I'm using an Apple phone. Yeah, I'm just like wondering because this like usually people who like to go into the platforms like change their things and like like you yeah. know, build everything from scratch. Usually, usually they prefer not Apple phones, but but uh, and Android because you can like change a lot of stuff. So that's that's interesting, and it obviously gives you so much like power. You can do whatever you want, and like w- with this platform now, and it definitely helped you guys achieve the yeah. goals that you had in mind. So yeah.
2: Magento gives you all the rope you need to hang yourself, though. That's the problem.
0: (laughs) That is hilarious. So
2: just because you can do it doesn't mean you should either. And Magento allows you to do whatever the hell you want, but... There are reasons that maybe it wasn't built into the core application, you know. Mm-hmm. I do think that, the, but, but it's also interesting because then you start to really learn more about Magento and you go, wow, that's kind of interesting way that they, they built that. Maybe we can utilize that feature in like splitting up our warehouses, you know, and and how people can visualize and see the products that we have in each warehouse. Maybe I can use the multi-store functionality of Magento to do that. Oh wait, I can. That's awesome. Let's build on that. Shopify didn't have that. That was like one of the biggest things. Um, gotcha. Okay. Because I will say this: I'm always looking out for the next software to, to kind of take a look at. I always say I'm a, I'm a bit of a a software slut in a sense. You know, I'll just I'll jump ESPs. No no problem. Um, if there's a better greener grass on the other side, I'm there. I just haven't I haven't had the that same kind of feeling towards another shopping cart. And I, I do analyze it like every year. And Shopify is great. Don't get me wrong on that. But if you're trying to do something at all that's outside of the box, mm-hmm. then Shopify, I, I just don't think that it's 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 the platform that's the best.
0: Right. Yeah. You know? And that, and that makes sense. And especially for, again, like the way that you guys have things set up internally and the fact that there's someone like you that exists in the company who likes to kind of go into that kind of stuff and figure out like, okay, how can we tailor this as much as possible to fit our needs? That's huge. Whereas I think Shopify is like a nice kind of, it's a version of something that's kind of like one size fits all where it's like they're going to do mostly what you need to do for mm-hmm. a pretty standard e-commerce business. But if you want to get really, really oh, yeah. fancy or really technical, it's unlikely that you would be able to kind of customize anything that you're looking to do that's really special. So that's interesting. That's right. I
2: would I would agree. If you don't have someone like me on your team, <laughs> don't even think about Magento. It's it's like don't even don't even go there.
1: Yeah, and I feel like there's not enough like you need you research need that. resources. Even like yeah. in, in the internet, there's so much about like Shopify, but very limited amount of resources about the Magento. So right. Like, Literally has to know the platform, so yeah, for sure, a big one. I want
2: to, I want to fact check you on that one. There's way more resources on Magento than there are on Shopify. 100. Really? percent Magento has been around longer. It's got much of a larger community. Open source. Shopify is not open source.
1: Oh really? Because maybe that's yeah. because I work with Shopify and I mostly like Google them and I find yeah. each and every answer. So that's why probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is.
0: I think Magento is one They've, of those one of those platforms that like we don't personally work with a huge amount like Mm -hmm. i mean wine awesomeness is the first client that i've worked with personally that that deals with magento and most of our other clients do shopify it's interesting to see because it's kind of like oh gosh magento like how are we going to deal with this you know (laughs) like what is going to look like when you integrate it with clavio but it's probably just a case of us not being same way brained as you dale (laughs) So we're like looking at it and we're like, oh, gosh, what is this? Whereas you're like, oh, let me just figure it out. This is the code and da 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 you know? So <laughs> for us, it's like there are no resources. But for, but for you, you're like, no, no, resources exist everywhere. Let me tell you.
2: <laughs> yeah, let me – I'll be clear. The Magento resources are on like Stack Exchange. They're like PHP examples or gotcha. they're like code examples. They're not like user interface examples, but there's, there's an entire Magento store – Um, outside just like Shopify has all the different applications I mean it's so well built outside by the community and by other companies that build these modules and extensions so like there's just as much if not more I would put my I'd put money on it that Magento has way more many way more resources than Shopify out on the internet. Interesting.
0: Maybe we'll need to we'll need to have like a Shopify's
2: building yeah
0: we'll we'll need to have like a Magento We'll have to have like a Flowium account manager, like training Magento training day with you where like you'll just teach us everything that you know about right. Magento. So <laughs> the next time we get a Magento client, we're like, aha, we know what to do.
1: <laughs> okay, so let's go back to the beginning. So you guys had to find the way to grow your email list and you did. And we partially covered it in our last episode. So you did it through Dodger but when your list grows then what like how do you decide which ESP is best for you and is best for your growing business and best for your subscriber initially like what options did you compare and which one did you pick at the end
2: cool i think that's a it's a great question and to start off you know between any ESPs that you decide i just i'll say that no matter what you decide the ESP is You today, it's going to change. So, like, as you grow and as your needs change, like the ESPs, I think, are the the fastest and easiest things to switch. I guess, with the caveat being, if you have like a ton of flows, (laughs) it's probably more of a pain in the ass. But
1: Mm. at the
2: same time, when you're just getting started, I mean, pick the one that's free. And that's what we did. We started off on MailChimp. I looked at constant contact and whatever other ones that were, were free. I think Infusionsoft had a free version. I tried them all. But the thing I liked about MailChimp was at that point in time, we were a lot more focused on editorial, even though, and I know it's a funny story it's like, you know, your e-commerce, but we had a lot of, a lot of energy that we were putting into the media side of our business, you know, creating videos and content and copy around like wine as this lifestyle. And then you happen to have wine over here that we sell. Mm-hmm. A big shift over the last two years in our business model to have, have done something different. But at that point in time, we were really going on MailChimp. And if you are already e-commerce driven, I think that there's no question that Clavio is what you want to have. MailChimp has a lot of integrations with e-commerce sites. I mean, Shopify, I don't know if they have Shopify. I think at some point they like canceled it, right? It's been a while. But I know that they have a lot of integrations. And they can help you out with conversions and and monitoring that, but they're just not really set up. They're built off of more of a marketing side for images and prettiness. And it's, it's a great platform, but when it comes down to e-commerce, there's like mm-hmm. one choice that does really, really, really good at handling all these use cases for e-commerce and this Klaviyo. Downside to Klaviyo is expensive. So as you're building this email list, and I'll kind of go back to that expensive part because it can get real expensive real quick if you're using these platforms that kind of handle all this stuff for you. So we were on the free model of MailChimp at that point in time. This is like, what, 2014, I believe? Whenever we first moved up to New York, I think our email list at that point in time was only like maybe 20 30,000. It wasn't that much. Um, before that, it was only like friends and family in 2013 and then we built it off of doing like some of our own giveaways over the course from like, you know, I remember when we passed 5,000, that was a, that was a big deal. And then we were like, Oh, this can we get you know 10,000? Can we get 20,000? And it was all built off of the back of sweet steak. at the same time our monthly bill was increasing because, you know, with with MailChimp, you you start off at the free model, I think it was like 2,000 contacts. And then you go up to the next thing, I think it was like 50,000 contacts. And I can't remember how much that was, but once we started getting up to like the 100,000, that's whenever you start to get into like some different tiers. And then you're also sending ability gets limited as well because, okay, say you have 200,000 contacts and MailChimp is charging you 300 bucks a month, but you're on their shared IP address or their shared hosting or whatever it's called, their shared IPs. And you're sending out 30 times a month. Well, it's not just 200 contacts, but 200,000 contacts. It's 200,000 contacts times 30 days. Oh, like that's, that's a lot how of email.
1: works with them. I didn't realize that's how it yeah. works. Is it, Cause in Klaviyo, I think it's different. You're basically paying only for, your active, not suppressed contacts. And I think you can like send as much emails as you want.
2: You'd be surprised. I think even, even with Clavio, they do have a, they have a contact and send limit when you're Mm -hmm. on shared. And that's very important. That's a very important thing to understand is the difference between like shared IPs that all of these ESPs are kind of working off of versus a dedicated IP. So now we can kind of get into some of these like nuances that happen. It's always like a either or, you know, okay, great. Yeah, you have a hundred thousand contacts, but if or say 200,000 contacts, if you're sending an email every day for 30 days to that 200,000 contacts, that's 6 million emails. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't do that under that 200,000 contact tier that MailChimp says that you're allowed to, you have to read mm-hmm. the fine print. And it should say in there somewhere like, oh, 200,000 contacts or an up to like certain amount of sends per month that you're allotted to, because then for their systems, you know, that looks like spamming or whatever else it comes down for us. Email was one of those things that like we built the list. We had more contacts and more contacts every month that we were adding, you know, an extra 15, extra 20,000, extra 50,000 emails per month. And we were trying to see how many times that we could like, what kind of content we would send to these people to keep them engaged because that's one thing that we've always known was, you know, if you're sending, you got a list, great. But if you don't send to them, right? then what's the point of having the list? Not to mention owning the list and owning your contact base is probably the best thing you can do um, to your marketing side because otherwise you're spending your money on Google, Facebook, and, and, and those channels where if you own your audience, then you've got, yeah it, it's it's really how many emails do you want to send them, you know, and for us, I remember coming to that conclusion that MailChimp wasn't going to do it for us because I think our bill was something like four thousand a month mm-hmm. at the point in time because what? we were doing
1: that's insane, yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, I guess it's and what nothing. was the return?
1: Um, Did it even like make sense for you guys back then? Because I mean, it makes sense being four thousand if you are making like one hundred thousand dollars, right? But uh, was it even worth it for you back then?
2: For us, no, it wasn't because we were mainly marketing uh, and sending out emails that were driving people to our blog, and our blog had a bunch of content and really cool. Yeah, we got really good traffic to the blog, but I think out of out of the five emails a week that we were sending at that point in time, one one a day. We would have some content and then have a, an offer inside, like in the middle, kind of you know, as like a like a side note in the sense of like, hey, here's how you open up wine bottle, and here's the top ten glasses you should think about using. And by the way, join our membership. And we had some dedicated emails that we sent out. I mean, it was it grew our business, but I think right. the the thing that grew our business more was when we shifted that focus from. Like, Hey, we're, what, what business are we in? Oh yeah. E-commerce, mm-hmm. not, we're not a media company. You know, we're not selling ads on our website. We're not selling all this other stuff. We're selling wine. And so once we made that shift in really like late 2018, 2019 we started doing a lot more emails towards our customer base about wine specifically.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so more like educational content, right? Not just like promotions and stuff, right?
2: No, no, not educational promotions. Oh, not education.
1: Oh, just promotions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Cause I remember, I think I, I was, I found it either on your website or somewhere. You guys had some kind of almost like a magazine about wine or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like an educational we did, thing. Yeah. Do, do you still have it? Or is it something that you don't do? Anymore? No, it's something that,
2: it's something that we decided was, um, it was, a, it was a booklet and it was cool. We put a lot of energy into, like I said, in the beginning, we put a lot of energy into the content about right. wine mm-hmm. and we, we did it. So that would go up into our blog and then we would also put it into like a, like a booklet format and we would pick three reds and three whites per month and send that out to our customer base with this really cool, you know, little magazine, mini mag called the back label. Right. And that was great, but it just took a lot of energy and time to do that. When you're getting to print, you have to be a lot more ahead of it. With getting to print, it's costly and yeah, it's your team is also costly. Really like, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I mean, we made a decision that we wanted to start with the addition of, of doing more promotional emails and actually becoming more of a mature e-commerce company
0: mm-hmm.
2: selling wine online. We decided to uh, transition the booklet into our digital side. And so now more of the copy and the content that we put into it, it's just accessible. Like the recipes are just accessible on the wine cellar that we've created in a digital form. So, yeah, I mean, I liked the print material, but it's also kind of wasteful in a sense. I mean, we, we surveyed our customer base and knew that, even know about the book. Some of them were absolutely in love with the book. And then some of them were like, I could go either way, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so how have you to it and, and go digital?
0: So, how have you guys been? I mean, I know the answers to this question, but I think it's really interesting for even other account managers here at Flowem and also just like for listeners. How have you guys been utilizing different ESPs for different parts of your business? Because obviously, you guys have now transitioned from the MailChimp situation into Klaviyo. What we do here for, at Flowium with you for you guys, specifically with the automations, you guys take care yes. of the campaigns, but what other ESP are you using and how is that being utilized for your business?
2: So going back to, okay, you're building this list, you have all these new emails, what do you do with them? If your bill starts to increase with MailChimp or Klaviyo or whatever it is. Eventually... If you're sending more than a million emails per month, and I believe that's where the cutoff is, someone's going to approach you, whether and you're going to get an email from Mailchimp or someone else, and I'm going to say, "Hey, maybe it's 4 million. They say, "Hey, do you ever think about doing a dedicated IP address?" And that's something I was like, "What is that all about?" You know. And when you go into that realm, it's it's like vol- it's for volume centers. It's people who send a lot of email, and a lot of the companies do this. I started looking around. They have their different pricing tiers based off okay, a dedicated email. But the issue is that you're then responsible for that one specific address and you can drive it into the ground as well. And then you start getting into all the spam boxes. Whereas MailChimp and Klaviyo with their shared, uh, their shared IPs, they kind of rotate these IP addresses in and out of, of the system. And that's why they're all so adamant about, you know, really good open rate. Is because they're looking at all these IPs. And since everybody is sending email through everybody else's IP addresses, i.e. shared IPs, then if there's one bad apple, it kind of spoils the bunch. And now everybody's emails start going Mm -hmm. into spam, not just the one company. So when you start to send that kind of volume, there's also another thing that happens. I mean, you are going to like, you're going to decrease your open rate. Oh, yeah. I can say that for certain. You start sending more volume you're, and, and you start adding more emails to your list, your open rates going to go down. And personally, I'm okay with that. I like to keep our open rates at around 10%. And once it goes below 10%, I start to like, okay, what's going on here? Maybe we need to clean mm-hmm. up our list a little bit. And hell, I can get our, I can get our list to 20, 20 I can get our list to 40% open rate if, you, if I want. I'm just going to send to people that only open. Like that's very easy. You know, it's right. like open rate is such a very, uh, very subjective, you know, where was I was at, I was at with, okay. So ESPs, you're going to get to a, a dedicated IP address at some point, if you're going to send volume and that dedicated IP address is where you have to be a lot more attentive to your sending habits and you have to monitor your rating on that IP address. And it also gets more expensive once you start sending volume. So what we did, we went to a couple of different platforms before I ended on the solution that we have right now. And right now, we're using a platform called Sendinblue as kind of our our lead gen first conversion type of emails so basically any sweepstakes and giveaway emails that we have coming in anybody who signs up on the email list everything they they pipe in through Sendinblue first and once you've made a purchase then you go into the Clavio system of flows transactional emails all that stuff i did it that way because you know we're at a point now where we're sending you know, on average 24 million emails a month. Whoa. And that is very, very expensive. It can be very expensive. Send in blue is a lot less. I think we're on a, we're on a plan right now for it's like $3,400 for 18 million emails to send. It's, 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 Regardless of your list size, which I like, so I can have a list size of 2 million and send 24 million emails and it's based off of, okay, when I'm done with 18 million email credits, then I just buy another 18 million email credits and it's, it's super cheap.
0: Right. Wow. Okay.
2: The, the other options, you could go to SendGrid or you can go to these other guys, which are great and you can, you can set up your own IP address and, but they don't have the user interface like MailChimp or Clavio does, right? Right. Mm-hmm. What's good about Sendinblue is it does have that user interface that you can kind of interact with. You can build templates out of it. You know, it's fairly user friendly and easy to manage lists and set up flows. And they can basically do a lot of the stuff that these other ones do. It's just a little bit more like I would say if you like to tinker with things and you're okay with jumping in and getting your you know, roll up your sleeves, then like it's a great platform. But if you don't like to play around with things and and jump into the technical side of it, then maybe just pay up the yin-yang with some of these other platforms that kind of work.
0: (laughs) It seems like a lot of the stuff that you guys have in place at Wine Awesomeness is because you like to kind of like tinker with stuff. Is that right? <laughs> That's what it seems like a lot of the a lot of the choices for for some of the platforms are just cuz Dale likes to kind of work with it and like let me see what I can kind of make out of this.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like to save money in a sense and I also like to understand how things work. And when I quoted it out, I mean I did my due diligence on quoting out, you know, what what, what this, what this is going to be for us and and what our, our volume was ended up going with send a blue. And I will say that, you know, we didn't start off like the 24 million emails. It's interesting is that my list size is around 2 million. Okay. Wow. But I'm only sending to roughly around like 200,000 on average, but I'm sending to 200,000 on average four times a day.
1: Wow. Jeez Louise. 30, 30 days
2: a week. I'm sorry, thirty days a month. Thirty,
0: 30 days, days a week. week. <laughs> I wish. I wish yeah. there were thirty days a week.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. funny. That's but funny. you know, that's 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 borderline crazy, right? I would think so. But that's kind of when Logan came to me in December of 18, 2018. I think that's whenever we did that. He was like he's like, Hey, let's let's start sending emails on Saturday. I'm like, Why, man? Like Monday through Friday, you know? Right. Like, well, why not Saturday? I don't know. Give it a shot. You know, and we started sending emails on Saturday and lo and behold, people buy stuff on Saturday. Who would have thought? <laughs> and That's then like we added,
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. And and they're like, okay, well, what about Sunday? And then we started doing Sunday. And then we basically filled up Monday through Sunday. Okay. Well, here's our current metrics. Here are the numbers we're getting. Um, Number one, we're going to need more products because like you can't keep on sending the same exact offer over and over again. I think that's beating the dead, uh, you know, beating the dead horse, right? right?
0: Right, right.
1: Uh,
2: so we started to position the company in more of like, let's buy more wine. So we have more things to offer, thus being able to send more emails. And we started seeing sales lift as. Hey, I mean, who would have thought you run more advertising on TV, you run more ads on Google and Facebook, guess what? You're going to get more sales. So like, why wouldn't the same reason and conclusion happen with email? email. So it's more email. And as long as you're like sending more offers, more people see them, then it's fantastic. But with that also came like, well, shit, man, uh, re-up on our bill. Like I'm going to have to buy more email credits over and over again. All and right. we went from like four, I mean, just sending twice a day. Now all of a sudden I'm doubling the amount of emails I send, which is going to increase my email costs per month. So I had to really jump out of where we were at the point in time and look for an alternative that was more cost effective. And that's when I found send in blue, which gave us a really good deal on 4 million emails per month, which I soon exceeded and then had to do a deal with them for like 8 million emails per oh month. My and I'm like, well, let's do like, let's do, let's do three emails a day. Let's do four emails a day. Wow. And now we're at four emails a day and 24 million emails a month. <laughs> My
0: gosh. And soon, soon um, the bar will be pushed <laughs> again.
2: <laughs> I, I, you know, I've, I've done extensive analysis on this and it's, it's interesting because people are like, you're crazy. Like that's spamming. like, no, it's not. I mean, you get, I mean how many times like, if you could go sit in front of the TV and see how many of the same exact ad you see in one sitting you know, it's, it's over and over and over again. That's what advertising is about. Right. So we're getting into the inbox and there's a very interesting phenomenon that happens with, you know, people shopping their inbox at the end of the week, you get someone who opens up an email on Friday and you've sent them, you know, 30 emails by then. They, they finally open up, you know, the Friday one, they go and oh, check out the other deals that they have going on. And then they'll end up buying something from Tuesday email.
0: Yeah. No, um, it. I think it. I think it makes a lot of sense because it is, and especially if you're not wasting your time with like doing all the other marketing resources, then it's like, yeah, yeah. why not? <laughs> why not?
2: <laughs> yeah, why why not? But I, hey, there's one caveat there, and that is you have to if you're like for us, we want people like we encourage you either buy or you get off our list, you right. unsubscribe. Right, um, right, right. I clean our list because I have to. Like I, I need to keep it at around. 200 or less thousand emails on our list because we send so often. Mm-hmm. So I only want people that are really like new and fresh to get it. Like I'm not sending emails to people four times a day, 30 days a week that have not opened one email in the last 30 days. Like right. Those people get off my list. I'm, I'm basically scrubbing you from the list because I want you as a customer. I'm not trying to nurture you into being someone who reads my emails and then ultimately will purchase the old proverbial saying, I should get off the pot. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes Um, sense. Well, and the thing is, is I think your strategy makes a lot of sense if you're being super adamant about cleaning up your list too, which I think a lot of people don't actually take the time out to do, which is why there's kind of like a best practice for when you're a bit lazier on that side of things. But then also you can kind of push the mold a little bit when it comes to being proactive and making sure your list is clean, but also kind of getting in front of people as much as possible. So I think that makes sense. Dale, not to cut you off, we only have a couple more minutes. So um, last question for you before we end for today, and this is a big one, so get ready. What advice would you give your younger self about starting a business?
2: You asked me earlier that you were gonna ask me this question. I wrote it down and I I was going to think about it.
1: You know, um, you know, what your in crime said? <laughs> he said, don't stop it. What did he say? <laughs> yeah, he said, run. <laughs> run. Run. <laughs> no, I wouldn't
2: say that. I, I think being naive is probably the, the, the best gift that one could have as starting a new company. I think that you should not overthink it. You should just jump in and do it because that naiveness is kind of your advantage in in the business world, but with that being said, if I was going to do it again, I I certainly would want to be a lot smarter in every aspect. The thing that we kind of took on, I would be a lot smarter on it. So if I was going to give myself advice to my younger self about starting any business, I would say, I just said go for it. <laughs> I don't know, it's so hard. Not run, come on. <laughs>
1: I think, I think it was a joke, right?
0: It was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know. guys are so different, even
1: like the way how you, how you approach the same question. I know.
0: It's great. It's great.
2: <laughs> yeah. Give, give me, give me a second. I I, I know I have a good answer. To this. <laughs> what is...
0: I think he said run and, but then he was like, just make sure that you have like an idea of what you're doing before you go into it. Like in the sense of uh, just don't go into it blind. Cause there was a, there's a little bit of a uh, kind of research done on the back end of wine awesomeness before you guys actually started a tiny bit anyways.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tiny bit. We, we definitely went in, we definitely went in blind. Um, but I, I also think that that's kind of the beauty of it is, you know, going in and say, Oh, this, this sounds great. And you just you jump in before you know it, like you, you're kind of too deep in and then you're even deeper and you're in deeper and then you're like, well, how do I, what, Wow. Right. I'm pretty far down the rabbit hole here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I some, I'm kind of blanking on that. I don't know what I would, I don't know what I would tell myself. I, you know what I would tell myself? <laughs> I would say, I would say, dude, all the dedication that you've put into everything you've done with sports to this point in time, you know, you're not going to land your first trick. You're not going to land your second. You're going to have to smash your face in over and over again. Yeah. And there will be a lot of broken ribs and it's going to hurt and it's going to suck, but eventually you'll, eventually you'll come through, you know? And, eventually and I you'll think make that's pro. the, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, 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 I read it somewhere. I think Sam Walton said it or and one of those, one of those books, you know, business books that you read and like, you know, how many people give up, or like 90% of people give up after the, the first failure and then, or 70% give up after the first failure and then 80% give up after the second failure and 90% give up after the third and people who keep on proceeding and going on are the ones who win. And that's that's ultimately what happens. So I think what I would say to my former self (laughs) is there is a light at the end of the tunnel, keep your head down and you'll, you'll see some fruit, come out of those trees that you're, that you're planting that seed for.
0: (laughs) The vineyards, the vineyards that you're planting. (laughs) That's funny.
2: Yeah. Something like that. No,
0: I, it's great. I think it's great. I love it. And I like the analogy going back to the, to the pro pro uh, kite surfing. That's awesome.
2: That's really awesome. And and, and don't be afraid to send more email. It's
0: okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Buy the tokens. send all the emails, do what you can.
2: (laughs) Send them all. That's great.
0: Well, Dale, thank you so, so much for joining us today. We really, really appreciate it. All your insights. And it's great because it definitely gives us a, another perspective on, uh, on on how e-commerce businesses should be approaching not only email, but just kind of their business in general and the decisions that they make when it comes to the platforms that they use and everything like that. So we really appreciate it. Thank you so, so much for, for joining us today. And guys, make sure that you check out WineAwesomeness.com. Um, I actually have a monthly subscription and it's awesome. So uh, make sure you check it out. Wineawesomeness.com will also include a link uh, to their website for you in the podcast description.
1: Thanks again, Dale.
2: (laughs) Thank you guys.
1: So that was an intense and very informative podcast, right? <laughs> and you guys will have to re-listen. You'll have to go back and re-listen to this podcast. Um, and hey, if you want to hear more good stuff from us, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Um, if you have any questions at all uh, that you'd like to uh, ask to feature on our podcast, send them at flowium.com slash ask and if you want to get involved in a community of email marketers e-commerce entrepreneurs and just uh, email nerds basically join us at flowium.com slash community
0: and if you are interested in getting some more advice on how to establish a solid email marketing strategy for your e-commerce store make sure that you visit us at flowium.com slash contact and you'll be able to sign up for a free consultation where you'll speak to someone similar to myself or Vera where we'll kind of go through what you currently have in place and how you can optimize it for um, your brand moving forward so definitely check that out
1: and next week tune in next week for sure because we will be discussing some content ideas for the holiday season because hey your holiday season is not just your Black Friday promotional email and your um, Cyber Monday email right you have entire basically two months and you have to communicate with your customers you have to send them some relevant information so don't miss that episode it's going to be fun it will be more like entertaining one uh, but we have a ton of cool ideas that you can use in your business so holidays are joints. coming
0: holidays are coming i love Is that from little 80s or from 90s i don't even know i've no, heard it in 80s. a commercial when i was in college and i wasn't in college, college i was like in, in,
1: in school <laughs> really
0: in, <laughs> yeah, i'm a, like, i'm i'm not really good on like the pop culture knowledge so that's mm. probably why i didn't know it before but <laughs> anyways holidays are coming people so check out that's next week's episode yeah <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for everyone listening. for listening see you next week have a